Hey, what's going on, good people? It's Gardner Douglas, the Oyster Ninja. I'm here today with Terrell Brown of Brown's Oyster Supply down in Charleston, South Carolina. What's going on, Terrell? How you feel, man? Not much, man. I'm all good. Got my first shot for the vaccine. Feeling all right. Can't wait okay. to get it. Second one over with. I know that's right. So, man, um, now let's just jump right into it because you, you done brought the shot up now uh, and that's a trending topic. Yeah. Um, how, how'd you feel about the shot initially? Ah, oh, man, uh, I don't like shots. I never did, uh, but this, this is my, my first, like I never had a flu vaccine shot or nothing. Always been terrified of shots, but I had to suck this one up and get it done, you know, because I didn't see COVID take people pretty close to me and uh just don't want to be one of those people or give it to someone that I love, you know. Right. And that's that's exactly where um I fit in. I'm like, I, I'm not really big on shots, but of course being being in the military, you know, we had to take a bunch of shots. And then um after the military, I was like, well, you know what? They stuck me up all, you know, through the career and I'm just, I was done. But like, same thing, you know, I'm the one who's going out. So if something comes back to my household, you know, I know it's on me. I know I'm the one who, you know, passed yeah, it on. Man. So I, I went on and got the Don't shot too. Good. Exactly, exactly. So man, just tell us a little bit about your um your oyster business, man. And it's you and your dad, right? Or uh, yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's my dad and I. Um, yeah, uh, we normally he we pick for like other people. We pick for back and seafood when they were open. We've exclusively picked for like another restaurant before. But I mean, we got our licensing to sell to everyone, like people for other restaurants. Within like what uh, last January we started, and then you know COVID happened. So we really didn't get started. But this, like, things picked up uh, this October. People wanting oysters, and uh, we're positioned perfectly with our licensing to sell it everybody we can. We could, we could serve everybody. And, uh, it's been a blessing. So, so people just, people hit you up. They find you, I guess, through the grapevine, through Facebook. Um, how 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 do people find you, and you know what are they usually coming to you for? Uh, yes, sir. It's normally my like biggest is word of mouth. Like people will hear that I got good issues or something like that, and uh, I mean they'll call me, they'll ask for what they want. I'll give them the price for the bushel, half bushel, whatever they need, and uh, they come get it. That's what's up, man. That's true business right there, man. Um. So just tell me, what, what's a normal day like for you, man, as an oysterman? All right. So, my, you know, my job is uh, based on the tide. So let's say low tide will be at like 9 in the morning, right? I'll wake up at 5.30. I'll eat, uh, get the boat right, get everything I need to be in the water two hours before low tide. So I'll be on the water aiming at seven. So the two hours before low tide, I'm picking, uh, picking the tide down. And then low tide will happen, still picking. And then I got some time before the water comes back and starts overrunning us. So that's about 
three and a half, four hours of good work and uh, come back, wash them up. So I'll be done with that around probably 12, one o'clock. And then the rest of the day is just selling them, being ready to sell and being ready to take on anything else, you know? So you 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 talk. Um, I said a little bit about picking. Just break down what actually uh, goes into like harvesting oysters for the folks that don't know. Okay, all right. So um, the method we use, there's like there are different methods, like tongs, hand tongs, like escalator dredge method. We use the uh, a harvest in place method called color place, where we it's got our gloves and iron, right? And, uh, we uh, pick up each cluster, we pry them off, uh, then we clean them up, we hit them, uh, get the small shells off, the dead shells, and we only keep the biggest oyster on there. And uh, wherever we knock back, uh, it grows and it's like a sustaining thing. That you rinse and repeat everything. Every time you pick up the cluster, hit the small ones off, hit the dead ones off, put the big, the big product you want in the basket, for four hours, yep. So these are wild oysters or farm-raised oysters? Uh, these are wild. These are wild. Uh, we don't have, we don't do the cage method or nothing. We uh, go based on the tide. We hit the shores, the mud flats, the gutters, the small creeks. We're in there. Yeah. Right, right. So, I, man, that, so like the way you're describing is take me back to the stories that my dad used to tell me because that you know that's the way he uh he started out harvesting oysters and he would say i'll be all up in the guts god yeah, like man. guts like guts <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it's just you the martian and that yeah. right no doubt <laughs> so well, all right man so tell me um what's a good day look like to you well I can't trip. I work on the water. So, you know, every day is a nice day on the water. So, uh, uh, waking up, going to work, coming back healthy, coming back with more than you got, you know? I mean, coming back with more than you bring out there. You don't bring nothing. So, if you come back with something, it's a good day, you know? And what about a bad day on the water? Bad day if, like, something breaks down <laughs> and you just got to come back. As long as you make it back home, you're good. But, right, right. I mean, yeah. That's about uh, it. So um how how in the world, like how how did your dad get started, man? Well, he's from uh Saul Agree on uh James Island and uh he was raised by the water. He was he grew up got got put in it, you know, like he learned at a young age and uh it was always something from the fall back on, you know, and he that's what he did. He did it. He showed me. And I initially didn't want any parts of it, you know, and uh turned around and I ended up doing it too. Right. So what what was the final step that like, you know what, let me go ahead and try this and uh jump in here, see what it's like. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, I'm not I'll, I'll never know like food and bev because I mean that's what I did but I was just tired of being in the kitchen so I was just like I gotta do something to make money like something else and it was right in front of me and I just asked my dad like yo can I come this and this day and just like get some boots get some gloves and let's go and that's that's what it was so all right 
All right. So before you started, actually started oyster farming, and I know you talked a little about working in the kitchen, but like, what did what did you want to do? What did you want to be? You know how like little boys like I want to be a fireman or you know whatever. Well, what well, did you want to do? Yeah, growing up, I mean, playing sports, uh, playing football, basketball. You just want to always want to do it at the highest level, you know. And that was short, that was like a short lived dream. Like, you know, you know, you ain't, everyone ain't going pro or whatever. So it was what it was. So I just took like the lessons I got from like working hard and being consistent, took it to working and worked out for me working. So I took it doing oysters and it worked. So doing the same thing, really working hard, being consistent and just, I hadn't filmed me yet. Right, right. Man, that's cool, man. So what's the environment like? Or, you know, like the, what's the community? Yeah, what, what's it like, like there? Oh, it's hot. It's hot. Uh, it's humid. Uh, it's a lot of water. Um, it's very, like, history-based around here. Um, yeah, it's... So what's it's your community. area known for? But James, uh, Charleston, James Island? Um, like Oyster Roast, uh, the beach, downtown Charleston, um, you know, the old Civil War history thing, and plantations, <laughs> you know. Right, right. So yeah. just speaking on a little bit like that, so um, because I'm going to be honest, uh, I didn't, well, I found you because I was like, you know, um, one, because, you know, you're a person of color. And I, I like to find people who are, you know, in the same circle that I am that look like me. So that's how I ran across your story because I think I was asking somebody or some somebody told me or asked me had I heard about you guys. And I was like, no. And, you know, I started reading. I was like, okay, man, this is an interesting story. And I think I hit you up maybe, I want to say maybe like a year or so ago to, to come on the podcast. And we finally- It don't. was, it was like, look it down, man. Down. <laughs> Down, bro. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it was it was last year. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, and then I right when uh I saw the message, you sent me um the scheduled date, and I was like, hmm, when I picked this date, and you know it stuck with it, and here we are, you know. Right. But yeah, you sent me a calendar app, and it was March twenty ninth. Was the date we set it? Here we are. So, all right, let's just, are, are there a lot of people, um, African-Americans or people of color or whatever in your area doing what you're doing? Or is um, it just you that you know of? Well, no, it's uh, there's two older gentlemen that uh, they pick horses. Um, there's one is 79, his name's Ed Palmer, and uh, another one is 75, his brother, Dave Palmer. They've been picking. My dad worked for them for a while, too, like coming up. They're on solid. They're based on solid degree. They've been taking for years, um, but yes, yeah, since uh, Batman closed, besides them, I can. It's really only us, dude, you know. Yeah, I think so. I think it's what? just my dad and I. What does that feel I like? I what mean, is I, that, right that you know of, but what does that feel? Oh like? no, no, no! I take that back. I take that back because my cousin Jamie and Richard they also pick. They pick two. Okay. Yeah, they pick also, and everybody. My cousin Jamie's like thirty six, and 
Richard about 45. So, yeah, they, they picked dude. They're out there. Yeah. But, I mean, it's – I mean, I'm always around them. So, I mean, it's – uh, I don't really – I don't really – really think about it too much like that because i mean it's just we work around each other and right it's pretty much what we see is right so um man that's awesome man so how would you describe the the oysters that you guys pick um like far as like flavor and you know stuff like that well yeah i well all right they're they're pretty salty you know they come from that that atlantic ocean those creek waters real salty but they do have a sweet flavor also with them um yeah they're they're really good <laughs> they're really good i um our clusters have great size uh we don't really we won't put we don't do the small oyster thing so whatever oyster you get from us it's going to have size and sometimes size intimidates people like when it comes to oysters if they're too big people don't like to really eat them you know they're just like ooh, I, I that's too big for me but that's a good problem, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. So another thing that uh, thing that my dad taught me, and you talked a little bit about it, but um, just not getting the uh, the smaller oysters, and also throwing the shells back, you know, on the grounds just for um, other oysters to, you know, when they spawn, they have somewhere to to, to plant. Mm-hmm. Like, is that part of the y'all process also? Oh yeah, we um. Yeah, we have to, uh, as uh, ground holders, we have to uh, service the state leases and our private ground every year, year-long process. It's, it's, a, it's a year-long work, you know, it's like the season, the harvesting period and the pay period is seasonal, but it's year-long work. We're always putting um, old shells back or the shells that we wash, like the smaller ones, we put those back, we break down. We do, uh, like, we put crab traps out there, like, old ones, close them up, and then oysters will grow on those. Uh, there's different methods, like, put a bamboo sticks in wood. Give, we always try to give something the oysters can grow and try to put back just as much, if not more, than what we pick so it can keep going, you know? How do you think that's paid off for you so far? Like, is it working? I, I would say it's, it's paid off fairly well because... Uh, some of the same areas that we've um, that we've planted and replanted have been very fruitful for us, and uh, the, our method of picking has been fruitful for us because we can go back later on in the season. Those same small oysters that we knocked off are big clusters with small oysters around them, so just do the same process on the same area. Yeah, it's rinse and repeat, and it, it's been it's. It's paid off, I can say. So I guess I'm just trying to, that's that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that and it's working for you. But you know, like in the Bay, they always say, you know, it's a shortage of oysters or the oyster, um, It's they're just not plentiful like they used to be. So it's the same issue down there with y'all in South Carolina or you think this method um, is helping y'all? Well, um, yeah, I, I feel like with, a bunch of people moving in and people already here because you know there's not enough oysters for the market you know but with like proper harvesting techniques proper um sustainability practices with resurfacing the areas that we've hit 
closing some grounds that been overhit, you know, and um, just like doing everything the right way. I feel like we should have it like this. We shouldn't break. Um, we shouldn't hurt the environment by doing it like that. We won't be taking too much. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, yeah, I don't think there's enough voices for like the demand. And I think okay. that's, that's, yeah, that's, and that is, that's just, it is what it is. That's why prices are higher and, you know. Right. So as an oysterman, like, how can you tell, like, you're going into, you know, these grounds, how can you tell that, like, oh, well, this place has been over harvested or let's go somewhere else and pick, like, how can y'all tell just by going in or is it just like, you know, experience? I mean, you can pull up on the oysters look get out on the boat look at the area and if it's just uh like if you, it's nothing there like just lay down like nothing like everything's like gone like you know not to mess with it mm-hmm. but uh, yeah and just just keep keep it moving because there's nothing there and it won't be worth trying to go over it you know like you're just only gonna strip the area you know so just you leave it alone and keep it moving. Some days you won't get many oysters, and it is what it is, you know. It just comes with it. So as an oysterman, like, uh, so I guess, how are you, like, helping your future, I guess? Like, like you go to these grounds, and it's not a lot of oysters, but you go somewhere else, and there are. But, like, is it ways to replant those low grounds, or is it like a, I guess, a, um, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, can't think of the word, but like how, if mother nature is not replenishing those areas that are low on oysters, like. Well, with, with the like with the picking technique of like culling in place, hitting mm-hmm. small oysters off, that practice done properly is, um, is self-sustaining in itself. So if you, if you just have to combat, um, I guess pickers, just trying to get their numbers, you know, and enforce a quality, uh, like a quality rule over the quantity that people want to get. So um, we could start with that. I know that would help. Um, but with our servicing technique, uh, putting um, the pieces of wood and giving something for the baby oysters to cling on, that helps tremendously. I've, I've seen it the areas that we put back on the state and those private areas, they grow back every year. They turn into banks, you know. Um, some places, some places just don't grow oysters, you know, some places do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, just talk a little bit like, uh, I guess the, I know you um, say you work with your cousins, you know, side by side with your cousins sometimes. Well, well yeah, like at the end of, I, I, when we all get back to the landing, like we wash in the same place and right. chat, wash, and then get up out of there, you know? So I guess I just really want you to touch like how it feels for you um, to work with your dad, man, because I know just me, when I, when I get a chance, an opportunity to shuck oysters with my dad, you know, it's just a good feeling, honestly. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't often get to do it. So for you to be able to, you know, work with your dad, and he just had a birthday, right? What, a couple weeks yeah, ago? He, yeah, he, yeah, his birthday was March 2nd, and I just had a birthday on the 23rd. Yeah, man. Nice. Happy birthday, yeah. man. Happy birthday Appreciate to y'all. Appreciate it, man. 
Appreciate so how does that feel like working with your dad, man? And he told well, you, a, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a blessing, man. Like I, I treat it as such every day. I mean, we we might get a, our little like arguments or whatever, just because I am son and he is father. And, you know, we always around each other, and it it shows. But I love him, and he loves me, and he can check me. He can check me like that. And, it is what it is. He's like the best boss I've ever had. He's always been my role model. So getting money with him, it's, it's an honor. I see how hard the work is. I see how sore I am. So like him doing it when I was younger, I can see like how sore he'd be and just doing it the next morning, not complaining, doing it, never complaining. And having always having enough time for me, you know, just more respect, just like way more respect. Like me seeing it like right me yeah it's way more respect so yeah man oh, the love's always there but the respect is way so i know you you um you said he you, he showed you you know basically just you know hard work um mm -hmm. ethics um uh, what what other uh life lessons has he taught you man uh just to be patient like don't rush like don't rush anything there's no need to rush. It'll, like things will come. Just keep putting in the work. Keep your head down. You know, um, treat others how you want to be treated. Always have manners. You know, like you, every like like the basis of a good human being. You know, he just he laid the him and my mother laid the foundation along with the community. So yeah, man. that's awesome, man. Mm -hmm. When did you have your first oyster? When I was younger, I, I didn't really like them. Like the texture bugged me out. Uh, <laughs> I didn't really start enjoying them until like I was like eight or nine, you know? Like it, it took me a while compared to like my sister and whatever. But once I got on, I'm greedy. So there was no stopping <laughs> me after that. <laughs> no stopping me after that. So uh, what does is, what is retirement look like for an oyster farmer, man? Or oyster harvester? I've never, well, the guys that I've known that are doing it, they're 79, 75, ain't looking to retire. So I guess you just go until you go and until you can't do it no more. Just save enough money, hopefully, <laughs> until you can stop and be comfortable. But I don't plan on stopping ever, really. You know, being on the water every day. It's like a workout. Keep you, keep you fit. Keep you strong. I mean, hey, I like it. I don't see no retirement. But I don't know. So, what about uh, scaling or just growing the business? And any uh, hopes or you know dreams as far as like what's next? Well, uh, this year, like I haven't. I this is like my first time starting being like my own business from the beginning to the end of the season, and I was I was ready. I, I would say I was ready. I mean, it still blew my mind to see like how much business I did receive and the love the community showed and how like people would travel from places like uh, a couple cities away from like Spartanburg. I mean, up from, even from North Carolina, from Georgia, you know, just to get oysters and just for me, you know, just for the oysters we get. And uh, it was, it's a great feeling. Um, growing wise, I just grow, like try to grow within myself. Don't want to go too big and bury myself and, but I don't, I mean, I am ready for a challenge, you know, so um, I just want to stay healthy and 
as more business comes, just, just be ready, you know? That's what I signed up for. That's what you signed up for, man. I love it, man. Um, so how can people reach out to you, man, get some of those delicious oysters and, uh, you know, get in contact with you and your dad or your family and get some oysters? Yeah, my Facebook page, um, Browns Oyster Supply LLC. Uh, my sister is a huge help. She uh, pretty much runs it and uh, writes down the orders from there. Uh, my phone number, um, 843-513-2499. I'm pretty much always available. Um, yeah, uh, through social media, Browns Oyster Supply. Um, yep. I, I do need to get me a website as another direct uh, direct link, but I don't know really what to do. So I mean that's my that's my next step of growing uh, my own website. Nice, so nice. Yeah. Uh, yep. I was looking at your uh, page, man. You got some good pictures and some good videos on there, man. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's just what's in front of me is my office. I exactly. Mean, <laughs> yeah, man, uh, and it never gets old, so. It's why not show somebody, somebody, someone might be interested and want to see a dolphin or an oyster or something. Right. Know, give a what's, smile to somebody. What's the wildest thing you ever found out there or saw? Even, you know, uh, from being young till now. Um, I saw, I think the craziest thing I might have seen was a hawk killing a blackbird in a palm tree. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah I think that might have been the craziest thing I've seen. From, yeah, from my vantage point on the water. But like dolphins swimming up on you is pretty regular. It's not too crazy. It's nice. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's crazy. Man, that, that sounds so relaxing. I know you're out there doing hard work, but that sounds so relaxing, man. It is. It's hard work, but it's stress-free. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you taking time to talk to the Oyster Ninja podcast. And hopefully, you know, you get some sales out of this and some people hit you up and want to hear more about your story. For sure, man. I appreciate you, man. Of course, of course. All right. Well, uh, good people. That is the Oyster Ninja podcast for today. Thank you for tuning in. We're here with Terrell Brown. And uh, he's got some good oysters down in uh, Charleston, South Carolina.